Hey friends, welcome to the Rising Above Industries podcast. I'm your host, Becky Davidson, and I'm so glad that you are joining us for this week's episode. Now, my friends, Dawn Fry and Lori Chapman are back with us this week. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about how to have a successful IEP meeting. Now, if you were with us at the 2020 By the Brook Retreat, then you got to see Dawn and Lori in action on Friday night as they did a skit during our SNL, Special Needs Live, segment as Spartan cheerleaders. And they were cheering for a mom at an IEP meeting. Listen, let me tell you, it was so great. And I can't tell you how many times I've gone back and watched that video over and over again. It was so funny. So if you missed it, we're going to add a link to that in the show notes so you can be sure to go and check it out. You know, it was so fun to be able to laugh at something that can often be so super challenging in the special needs world. And I think for so many special needs parents, IEP meetings are something that is often dreaded and is so challenging, especially in those early years. And knowing how to navigate all of those, the complexities of those meetings can be so challenging. So Dawn and Lori and I are going to share some of the lessons that we have learned along the way. We're going to share with you some of the things that we did that we would recommend you not do. So learn from our mistakes and the things that we did that we would not do now. Um, And we're also joined by a very special guest, Sherry Roberson. Sherry serves as the supervisor for the special education department in our school system. So she is able to speak from the school system side of things. And she shares some great tips and ideas to help parents have successful communication with the school system. It was so great. And so we are so thankful for Sherry and for her, her heart for our families. Now, at the end of the episode, I'm going to be back and I'm going to share with you a way that you can win a ticket to Buy the Brook 2021 for you and for a friend. So be sure to listen all the way to the end of the podcast so you can learn more. Now, here's our conversation about IEP meetings, and I know that you're going to find it so helpful and informative. Hey, Don and Lori, how are you girls? Great. Hey, how are you? Doing good. We're, we're good. I am, I appreciate you joining us again for our, our monthly podcast where we talk about all things special needs. And um, I'm glad you are here. Now, you, you both kind of had uh, a kind of challenging week last week. I know, Lori, you had the stomach bug in your house. And then I, I literally was sitting here like, what, what was last week? <laughs> and I'm, re- I'm remembering your week for you. I'm remembering your week. for. So you had the stomach bug in your house that got passed around. A little bit. A little mm-hmm. bit. And then Dawn, I was with you Friday night and you were fine. And then Saturday, not so fine. Not so fine. I, I, had a little stomach thing too. I have no idea, but I'm much better now. Well, I'm hoping it wasn't my cooking. That's, that's what I'm hoping. Don't say anything. (laughs) I'm hoping that was not the case, but it's a better week this week. So that's good. And, uh, you know, Dawn and Lori, you know, last year at by the brook, you all, we put on a special show for the moms called special needs live. And you two did a skit as the Spartan cheerleaders, cheering for a mom at an IEP meeting. 
I mean, yes. it was classic. It was so good. And we will, we will be sure to share that in the show notes. So if anybody missed it, they can go back and see it. But, you know, for special needs moms and dads, you know, IEP meetings can get tricky. They can be, you know, stressful times. And so we want to talk about IEPs and how we can go about having these meetings and making them the most successful that we can. Now, I was thinking back, I guess I'm the, we know I'm the oldest one of this group. So John Alex is 23 now. And I remember that very first IEP meeting and Jeff and I walked in, you know, John Alex is three years old. We're walking into this room and we had all of his, it was, it was, I'm serious. I think there were probably like, like it was a U-shaped table. There were so many people in that room. There were all of his therapists from when he was in early intervention and then all the new people who were coming into the picture. And I remember Jeff joked and he, he went around the room and he said, there was the old PT, the new PT, the old speech therapist, the new speech therapist, the old, you know, vision therapist, the new vision therapist, the secretary of state, the president, the vice president, you know, just like, it was like you were in this big cabinet meeting of all these people and how overwhelming it was. Um, but we made it through it and then survived how many ever more meetings that we had through the year. So Dawn, what was your first IEP meeting like? Um, so my first IEP meeting, of course, Austin was three as well, but um, because I'm an attorney, I kind of came out at it a little bit differently. So um, and it was just like you said, I walked in and it was Sean and I, my husband, Sean and Austin's daddy and all these people, you know, around the table. And then there was the two of us and I had, I had things that I brought that I wanted to share and I had copies for everybody because that's what the attorney would do, right? You walk in, you, here's your copy, your copy, your copy. But I also had a court reporter. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I didn't end up bringing her. I called her off at the last minute, but in my mind, because my, because I didn't know anything about special education law or the IDEA when, before I had Austin. So it was all new to me. And of course, my education came from the internet, right? Because that's <laughs> yes. When we don't know something, that's where we get educated, right? So it was, I was ready for the battle. I knew, I just knew it was going to be me against them. And I was ready. So I had a court reporter, but I did not bring them. But thankfully, it, 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 it was nothing like that. It was nothing like I had feared. But that was my first experience yeah. right there. That fear yeah. of the unknown. Now, Lori, you had two first IEP meetings because you have two daughters in special ed. So how did your meetings go down? Well, I, at first, I'm just laughing sitting here thinking, you know, Dawn and Lori, of course, Dawn's going to bring the court reporter and uh, and all I can bring is brownies. You know, right. it's like, that's nothing what? wrong with that. <laughs> well, but uh, our first IEP was a little different because I actually uh, homeschooled the girls for uh, kindergarten, first and second I grade. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. And it was actually Emily, my younger one, that went into school for the last nine weeks um, of, I don't know what grade she was in, second. So I don't even remember her first, I don't remember her first IEP meeting. I should. Um, so it was obviously a good experience because I, I'm not, I wasn't traumatized from it, <laughs> but uh, I remember Josie's because just the different personalities in the children, 
um, I, I tend to get a little more over, Josie doesn't acclimate as well or as easily as Emily. Emily's just more laid back. But I remember being a little more uptight about Josie coming in and Emily was, um, they were at different schools. Uh, we, we started them out in different schools and um, Josie's was where we had an IP for Emily towards the end of the year and that short experience. And so we were able to do her first IEP meeting with a little bit of school experience. Jo everything for Josie happened at the beginning of the school year. Um, so it was, it was everything all at once uh, and a little crazy because hmm. we had not been in, um, uh, I'm going to say TEIS, but that might not translate. Early intervention. Yeah, early, early intervention. intervention. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it had been several years because the girls were already mm -hmm. older. So we didn't even have that, um, that person to help transition over, yeah. but I had all of you guys, like, mm -hmm. I remember talking to, to you, Becky, um, and kind of you set me up and I may have talked to you, Dawn. I don't remember who all, but, but I had the opportunity to talk to other moms who had already, and, and kind of prepped me, you know, like, don't, yeah. don't take a court reporter. <laughs> and don't. <laughs> um, so that helped. But I was yeah. very uptight, took a lot of notes. And yeah. I do remember the first time I went back in for Josie. So it may have been like her first, first IEP after we'd been in school. I had stuff tabbed all over my paper and I had all these notes written and I had a notebook all organized. That was the only year I did that. <laughs> <laughs> that first year. <laughs> I love it. And then it was, I, I was just desperate to know that we were going to communicate. I really wasn't worried about it going bad I, because I wanted them to know we were on the same team. Mm -hmm. um, and so I just was desperate to make sure we were all going right. to communicate and, and it, and it went well. I mean, we're blessed in our County. Well, that's, that's where I was headed. That's what I was going to really say. Yeah. We, we are in a very unique setting because we, we have the, I mean, the most fabulous school system, especially when it comes to special ed that I've ever, I, I meet lots of special needs parents across the country and I've never seen anything like what we have here. We are so blessed to have such a um, fabulous um, school system. And then our special ed department is amazing. And we have a special guest with us joining us today. Ta -ta -ta. Who just, yeah. Who happens to be the supervisor for the special department for our county. So Sherry Roberson, thank Ooh. you so much for being here today. You are you are like super busy woman. And yet this is this is this is what I love about you and our school system. I don't know of any other supervisor of special ed who's as busy as you are who would be willing to take the time to have this conversation um, for us to be able to do this podcast. You could have so easily said no, but you didn't. And so Thank you. Thank you for being here. Oh, you're welcome. Anytime. And thank you for all you do, because we do feel like we are in a very super special um, place. And so I want to, you know, we talked about IEP meetings and especially those first few meetings are really stressful. I think it's more because of the fear of the unknown. Um, but what can we do to help alleviate some of that stress. I want to talk from the parent side of things. And then Sherry, I also want to know from your side, from an administrative side of thing, the school system side, you know, what are some things, practical things that we can do as parents, as 
administrators to just kind of bring that stress level down to where we can have open communication and not feel like it's this battle. Like Dawn, you felt like you were going into a battle because that's what you had read about. That's what you were expecting. So what are some things we can do to help alleviate some of that stress before we even get going? I think a lot of it is, especially when you're bringing a, th a three-year-old into the system, it is that fear of the unknown because you're bringing us essentially your baby for the first time into a school system. Yeah. And like you say, you have all these people around the table. Sometimes, like Dawn said, or like you had said, there's 10 to 12 people depending on the services that you're going to get. Mm -hmm. It's it's more of if you're a single parent, don't come alone. Mm, uh, that's make a good, sure yeah. that you have a support person with you because mm -hmm. many times for the first time you're hearing all of this information and and if you're in a place where you are just coming to acceptance of mm -hmm. what's going on with your child it's hard for you to hear a lot of the information mm. so if you have someone with you who can take notes so that you can process what's going on later you're not having to try to process everything all at once um, it helps to have that support person because you don't know what questions you're going to ask um, in that moment. So later you may have questions, but in that moment when you're trying to hear what's going on, it's hard to formulate questions. Mm -hmm. I'm that way. If I have something going on, I, I leave and go, oh, shoot, I should have asked that question. Right. But if I'm if I'm nervous about what I'm going to hear, it's hard for me to process mm -hmm. in that moment. So if you have a parent coming in thinking, okay, you know, I've had this, this child with me for the first three years of their life. People have come into my home to work with my child. Now I'm giving my child over to somebody else. Um, mm -hmm. And that, that's a hard process to work through, you know, with, with parents. And we try, you know, from the school system side to, you know, make them feel at ease to know we're going to take care, you know, mm -hmm. of their child and, mm -hmm. and provide them what they need in our pre-K. Or even if they come in later, you know, it's just knowing that, Communication's huge, just like Lori said. Mm -hmm. We we want to be on that same page. Um, mm -hmm. And many times when things seem to fall apart, and I come in a lot of times in those situations to sort of help mediate, it's it's a communication piece where mm -hmm. maybe there wasn't communication when there should have been and or something was taken in a wrong way. And mm -hmm. and it was just that communication piece that that seemed to have failed in that moment because both sides want what's best for that student and right. we're all out to you know to help make progress and and you know it, it just happened to be that the communication in that moment failed because mm -hmm. as long as that communication is open then you know um, we're going to do what we can mm -hmm. for what for the progress of that child yeah yeah i love that i love that thought of bringing someone with you so you're not when you know you're not going into this room just you by yourself and and facing all these people that you don't know and and who will hold your child's future you know the decisions that are going to be made and just that that comfort that that could give you dawn and Lori, do you have anything that you would recommend to a you know to help alleviate some of that stress going into a meeting I agree with what, of course, what Sherry has said, take somebody with you. And I, I speak to those mamas that aren't in Putnam County because, because, because I know that's not what would happen here, but I have lots of moms that I help from other counties and they are told they can't bring anybody with them. 
And that's not right. Yeah. You can absolutely bring somebody with you for support. Absolutely. And the other question that I get asked a lot is, of course, now this is going to be Tennessee specific because I'm a Tennessee attorney, not anywhere else. But you can record the conversation if you wish. But I always tell parents, don't record it and not tell them that you are. Mm-hmm. Don't secretly record it. Mm-hmm. Tell them that you would like to record it. And they're probably going to want to record it too. And that's, that's fine. Everybody has their recording. But you can do that. And again, that's Tennessee. So you got to, you know, check with others. But, and I know that we're speaking mostly to parents today. But if we have a teacher or a special education teacher that has opportunity to hear this, um, talking about that table when we're all sitting there, oftentimes, and sometimes it's not, even they don't mean to but school will sit on one side and Mm. then the parents come in and sit on the other don't 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 do that okay and so you you just it just happens right didn't mean to do that but sit beside parents and be let them be all in the the mix there um and tell us what our kid is doing that's good what Mm -hmm. are they doing well good grief we can talk forever about what my son can't do. I mm-hmm. already know that. Thank yeah. you. Give me something that he can, mm-hmm. you know, that's good that you see that you are proud of and, and that he is really making gains in. I think that's great. And then school system and, and I'm also on the school board. So uh, I have wear two hats. People. You wear so two I, hats. Yeah. So I, I hear, I, I have to stop people all the time, but try not to use too much education jargon <laughs> because there's a, Education is like the worst for acronyms and words that I don't understand. So, you know, and, and parents don't be afraid to ask. I'm sorry. I don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. But, but, you know, what do you mean there? And the brownies that Lori's going to bring absolutely is a great idea because let me tell you what, everybody feels better with some food. Yeah. So bring a little snack and that gets everybody talking and, you know, and it, it does sort of break that little bit of tension mm-hmm. that can be there. So mm-hmm. that's a great idea. Yeah. You know, I had a, a, one of our moms, she talked about how she would go into an IEP meeting and she had a notebook, kind of like you were talking about early on, but she would take a picture of her daughter and put it in, in the cover so that it was, and then it would be laying right there. So everybody knew it was like a reminder. This is who we're talking about. This, we were talking about my child right here. And I thought that that stuck with me all these years that, that that's just a great reminder of we're not, this is not, uh, you know, in the school system, you all have so many kids, Sherry, that you are responsible for. I can't even imagine, but you know, as then as we, as parents come in, there are one of one, you know, and so just bringing it back to the focus of this is, this is our, this is who we're talking about. It's my one and only. And, um, so those are some great ideas of some things. We put some questions. We put a question out there to our Instagram followers. And we just said, hey, we're going to be talking about IEPs. What are some things that you want to know? And we had a question from a mom named Laura. And she said, I would like any tips. My son is starting preschool in April. And we've all just been talking about those preschool days. That is a hard and scary time when we transition. She says, this is, this is a new world. I just want to make sure I have the right questions and info. I want to be a good advocate for my son. So what would be the good questions? If you're going in for your, that first IEP meeting, what would be some of the questions or information 
I wanted to, I wanted to break this up. What would be some of the right questions that she would may need to ask even maybe even before getting into the meeting? And then we'll talk about how she can be a good advocate for her son. I think to start off with this, this is Tennessee specific. So if, if it's an initial eligibility with the way they have it now, um, she's not going to get that draft IEP. So she's not going to be able mm. to review any kind of programming. They're going to be talking about eligibility. So, you know, she can, um, ask for copies you know, of evaluations um, to be able to look at. If she has any to send to the school system, she can send those in. Um, but to be able to kind of review the testing that's been done, so if she has questions. But just to talk about any testing, if she has questions over the testing that was completed, but to be ready to, if they write an IEP that day. If she doesn't feel comfortable with that, if she wants to pause it, they have 30 days in which to get an IEP written from the date of eligibility. And I want to go back to that, Sherry, because that was something I didn't know about early on. And I think that's an important thing to know. I mean, Don, remember Don, you telling me you don't have to, you don't have to sign it that day. If you don't feel comfortable, you can wait, but it's, what did you say, 30 well, days? From the initial eligibility. So from the initial eligibility. Initially test a child, you can say, okay, uh, I don't want to do an, an IEP today. So then they can say, you do a draft and then we'll set an IEP meeting and then I'll review the draft and we'll come back to the table. We just have to have it written within 30 days of that initial eligibility. Now, if you write an IEP, say you've already been eligible for a while, we've sent you a draft, you come to an IEP meeting, then you want to go home and review it, you've got 10 days um, to either let us know something or it goes into effect. So if you, within those 10 days, you contacted us back and then we're coming back to the table, then we can come back and, but you don't that day, if you say, um, I need to pause and go home and talk with my, my significant other about this IEP, then you have that option. So you shouldn't feel pressured of, no, you have to absolutely make a decision today if something has made you uncomfortable in that meeting. Mm -hmm. So you can, you know, um, go home and, and even make notes on it and then say, okay, let's schedule another meeting because I've had time to formulate some questions if maybe you didn't get a draft and, mm -hmm. and you have questions about that IEP. And, you know, and I would say, I think when you go into these meetings, and I think most of us who are special needs moms, we know now when you go in, you have, you, you cannot think clearly sometimes. And so I think having things written down before you go in, you've got it written down, you have your notes, you're prepared, any question that you may have a lot of times before IEP meetings, like several weeks out, I would start thinking about concerns or questions or things that I had. And I would just keep a piece of paper out. Now we use our phones, you know, to, to make notes, but I would just, if something came to mind, I would just write it down so that then I would have that before I went into that meeting. And it just helps you be able to be focused and organized if you're not trying to remember things, but you've got, you've got it written down and then you're able to address those things. Now, Sherry, do you recommend, um, addressing things ahead of time. So like, you know, you've got your meeting coming up, you've got concerns. Is it better to wait until you get into that meeting or are there things that you maybe should go ahead and let the teacher know ahead of time? Hey, these are things that I'm going to be bringing up in this meeting. If you've got any evaluations that you've had done um, where you have 
gotten some outside evaluate, those are always good to send in so that the, the teacher knows, hey, I want to have a psychologist look at this. So maybe we need to have some discussions around that, especially if it's not in a, a reevaluation time. It's always good to have a draft. And so if you are looking at this draft IEP, then you can formulate questions about, okay, so what is this uh, programming? How is this goal progressing? Do you know, is there something that needs to be adjusted here? Because I'm looking at last year's IEP. This is the exact same goal. I'm not seeing any progress. So mm -hmm. what do we need to change here? Is there something that we need to be doing different? Um, what, what is going on? Because I don't see anything changing from last year's IEP to this year's IEP. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you can be looking at stuff along those lines, mm -hmm. but definitely if you've had some evaluations done and maybe we need to be looking at, at something towards eligibility or, or, or planning purposes, you know, mm -hmm. to let the teacher know so the appropriate people can be there, PT, OT, speech, mm -hmm. things along those lines. Yeah. And those draft IEPs were always so helpful to me to be able to look at and, and, and look at the, what, okay, what are the goals that they are proposing? And so then you have that that base to go into the meeting knowing what the school system is expecting. And then if I'm like, I really think we need to push more here. I don't feel comfortable here. You may have something that has to come up that you want them to work on. So it's not always what the school wants to work on. You may have a goal that, okay, I've seen this and this has started happening and this, you know, can we work on this so that this will carry over at school and at mm -hmm. home? And it may not be something that we thought of. So, you know, you may have a goal that we need to incorporate. And that's where I think it's that team mentality. You know, it's everyone working as a team to try to come up with what's going to be best for this child. Dawn and Lori, what are things that you can think of? You know, we've got this young mom. She's going into this first meeting. Lori's going to say bring brownies because that's always that's always a win. Dawn's going to say bring a court report. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no court reporter. No. But, but yeah. actually... You know, I mean, she said, have somebody there to take notes for you. You were right on. You <laughs> well, were a professional. <laughs> professional yes. note taker. So I think in, at, at every IEP meeting, there's always going to be, what they're always going to want to know is, what goals do you have for your child? What is your child's strengths? And what are, what are the concerns that you have? So you can certainly go into the meeting with those things, even that first initial meeting where you don't have mm -hmm. the draft IEP. And then, and kind of off of what was just said too, about working on a, with the team mentality is that, you know, you set goals for your child at school. And then sometimes things that they would, or things that Austin was doing at school, he wasn't doing at home or vice versa. So we were always able to come together and say, how do you get him to do that? What do you mm -hmm. use? And sometimes, of course, Austin has autism. So this, maybe a little autism specific, but sometimes it's just in the words that we would use for me to, for him to mm -hmm. do a task for me, I would say it one way and the teacher was saying it a different and we weren't getting the same response. So working together in that way is really great too. And if, and if you going into that first meeting, if you already know we're working on this at home and this is a goal and this is how I have been doing it, then maybe you can transition that over to the school because anything you can share like that helps them to know your child and to, we don't, we don't need to all be reinventing the wheel here, right? If we work together, we can figure out how something's going to work for your child to do that. And 
when Austin was three, I mean, we were just working on him talking. So, or even, or even triggers for behavior. Yeah. So if you know mm -hmm. that there are certain triggers that are going to upset them, then we need to know that so that we are not all of a sudden, you know, triggering behaviors and not understanding why. And then mm -hmm. you're wondering why is my child upset at school all the time? And we're wondering the same thing. And then as, as a mom who's just turned their child over, you're thinking they're just being horrible to my child at school and my child hates school. And we're inadvertently doing these things that, you know, upset the child, but we don't. Um, so mm -hmm. it's those kind of things of getting to know your, cause we're, we're trying to get to know, you know, and, and know what works and what doesn't work. But if you already know some of those things and kind of give the teacher a heads up, then they can they can stop some mm -hmm. of those behaviors from happening. And I would just say, no, you know, be familiar with the law and your rights. And I always tell new parents that, you know, go to it's it's rightslaw.com, but it's W-R-I-G-H-T law. So rightslaw.com and you can get they have books that are great. I mean, they have, you know, books on you know how to be an advocate and just the law on the ID, the Individuals with Disabilities and Education Act, the IDEA. So just knowing what your rights are um, is is uh, always a good thing to to do. Well, and that's so important, Dawn. Just based on kind of what you were saying before, you've had parents in other counties that you've served as counsel for who the school system has said, "Well, no, you can't bring someone." Well, when you know what your rights are. And every time, Sherry, every meeting, you're given that piece of paper, you know, that's your parents' rights every time. Now, I must admit, never read it in all my years of school of John Alex being in school, but we all get that. You're given that, you know, very at the very beginning. And so when you know what your rights are. Now, Sherry, let's say that there's something that comes up. I know my rights. What's the best way for me to approach a situation? that maybe where I feel like my rights are not being acknowledged or, or my child's rights are not being considered. You know, first always give the teacher a chance, you know, cause a lot of times I used to always, when, when, this is my 31st year, you know, in Putnam County and as, as started as a teacher. And I would always tell my parents, you know, if you'll believe half of what they say about me, I'll believe half of what they say about you. And we can kind of meet in the middle, but always give me a chance because most of the time what they come home and say is not totally what happened. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, I'd have them come in and say, my mama said I didn't have to do what you said. And I don't have to do any work when I'm here. And I'm like, I don't think that's what they said. Um, but let me call and ask them. Um, so I'd always tell my parents, if you will just talk to me and let's kind of see, you know, what they're, because it's their perception. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. it's not fully what happened. Not saying that it's totally wrong, but their perception of an incident is not always totally what that incident was. Mm -hmm. And so always give the teacher, now, now every teacher has a bad day. I'm not saying that they're always you know, on it, but give them a chance to explain and try to right the wrong if something mm -hmm. happened and, and get back on that side. Cause you always want to be able to have that good parent teacher relationship and give them a chance to fix it. Now, if that doesn't work, I have consulting teachers who are all the time mediating and, and helping parents. They'll even attend meetings with parents. I attend meetings with parents. I have parents who I've attended meetings with for years and I don't even need to at some points, but they just like having me there. So yeah. I have parents who don't have someone to attend meetings with them. And we do that often. We'll go and sit 
And I tell, I tell them and I tell my teachers, I'm not here advocating for anybody except the student. Uh, mm. And so I'm that student's advocate to make. That's why we love you, Sherry. Um, but it's that's who it's about. And, you know, at yeah. times the teacher may not get what they want and the parent may not, but the student's going to get what's best for them. And so we're there to advocate for the student and not either side. And so that everyone comes and keeps that student at the forefront. But we have people who can can help mediate situations if we need to, but we always want for the first course of action to be with the teacher to say, hey, let's talk about this. Um, yeah. This is what I'm hearing. This is what you know, my student is feeling, my child is feeling, you know, how can we fix this? Mm -hmm. If that falls on deaf ears, you know, you can go to the administrator and typically they'll call us or, you know, when we can send the consulting teacher in, I can go in um, and we can try to mediate the situation before we all, you know, call lawyers, call Dawn. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I will tell, I will tell my embarrassing story. This is like <laughs> probably one of the most embarrassing things that I did as a young mom in the school system. But John Alex was probably maybe earlier, like kindergarten, first grade, and something was going on with speech. He wasn't getting the hours that I thought he was supposed to be getting. I really don't even remember, but I know it was related to speech. Okay, I did not do what Sherry just said <laughs> and go first to the teacher. Um, I, I like skipped every step. Y'all, it's really embarrassing. And, and I wrote letters to the school board members, <laughs> no joke. And then, and it was, I went above, I mean, it was, I know Dawn's shaking her head right now going, no, you didn't Becky. I did. It was a chain of command. There is a chain of command. Follow. Now don't hesitate to go up the chain if it's not working, but. But you don't have to do like I did. And to jump straight to the top. It's right. It's right. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's so embarrassing now to think about that I did that, but I did. And so, so the first step is the teacher. If you have a problem, if there's a miscommunication, go to that teacher, have a conversation. I always wanted my parents to come to me first. I always wanted to feel like they could yes. because I wanted to try to fix it. I wanted to take care of my people. And, and most of most of my teachers are like that. They really want the parents to come to yeah. them first and to have that relationship mm -hmm. with their parents that the parents would feel like they could yeah. come to them first. And so that's always, you know, I want that to be the first course of it. Now, if, if the parent really feels like, no, I just can't because there's been too much, then, then go to either myself or a consulting teacher and say, can you kind of help me? mediate this situation yeah. because I really want to open that communication back up. So, you know, but always, you know, try to let that be your first yeah. course. Don't, don't go with Becky's plan. Becky, to make you feel a little better listening to that story, you know, I wonder if some of it might have been, I don't want to make the teacher upset because the teacher is with my child who's nonverbal. And I'm not saying right. that the teacher would not, you know, but you just don't, you don't want to create bad blood between the person that you most depend on. So maybe do yeah. you think, well, I won't go to her. I'll, I'll go to someone else and let them, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Like just kind of getting it. I've had, I've had parents call and say, um, and it's that very situation. Can you sort of check out a situation? Mm -hmm. And that that's perfectly okay. Where I've just said, and they're like, I don't want any backlash. So 
can you just sort of go in and see if you're seeing the same things that I have a feeling are going on? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've done some backdoor where we've gone in and addressed a situation and they never knew who it was mm-hmm. coming from. So yes, if, if you're afraid of that or you want to not let there become something between you and the teacher, mm-hmm. but you know that something needs to be addressed, then, then yeah, we can kind of go in the back door and address some situations and maintain that relationship between you know a parent and a and I would imagine that most times that's not going to happen but I just wonder for parents sometimes is is their action driven out of being afraid that would happen yeah Yeah. and I don't know where I was in my mind at that or young I think I was like in that in that new you know dealing with diagnosis and behavior and no sleep and I'm gonna say I, I must have been like really sleep deprived and I thought that was the best solution but now, you know, looking back, I know it wasn't, but I think you're right, Lori, that so often we, we, especially those of us who have children who are nonverbal and cannot tell us what's going on in the, the classroom. Uh, you know, I, I always felt like God, I called them my little birds. I had little birds that would come to me and go, Hey, you may want to check on such and such, you know, and kind of would let me know, you may want to check on this. And, and I think that's an important thing to remember going in. You know, we want to be on the same team. We want to be on the same page. But we also, like, I had specific things that I prayed for every day when John X, when we were on the way to school. You know, we, I would pray that God would always put his absolute best people with my child. I prayed for um, God to show me anything I need to see about my child for you know, if it just, I prayed for you guys, Sherry, and for everybody who's making decisions about him. And I think as a parent, I mean, I know we, Sherry, you and I have communicated over the years about what that means to you as Mm -hmm. an administrator to know, okay, these parents are praying for us and they are um, bringing us before God every day. And just what that does for you in the position you're in and all the stress that you're under to help you know, um, you're covered as well. Oh yeah. Well, we've talked about it. There's been times when you sent texts that have come at the absolute right moment. And it's been like, Oh, this is perfect. Yeah. (laughs) You've known exactly when we've needed that. And it's been at the most perfect times. Um, because yeah, it gets, you know, teachers get stressed. We get stressed and trying to support because it just, you know, things happen. And then when you go through and you have, teachers that leave and you're trying to find the right person for jobs. And, and I have just an awesome group of consulting teachers that, you know, support and allow me to do what I need to do. And they, they are just wonderful. And, you know, like you say, being in a district that we're in with the support that our department has, even from school board down, I mean, Dawn gives me heads up and, and helps out in ways that, most districts I talk to do not have the support that we have, mm-hmm. um, have the programs that we have and, um, and support in the way that we are able to serve our kids mm-hmm. is, is I'm very blessed. Like I said, mm-hmm. I've been 31 years here, yeah. so, you know, <laughs> yeah. I haven't run the district, well, um, but very blessed for, you know, the staff and, you know, it's not always perfect and we don't always get it right, but we strive to do mm-hmm. the very best that we can so that at night when we lay down, we can say we've given it our yeah. own and tried to make the best decisions that we could. And, you know, and 
and wake up the next morning hoping to do the best mm-hmm. that we can. I want to kind of talk about, because we know that here, you know, we are in a very unique situation where we live to have such a great support. But, you know, I hear from moms in other states all the time, and it is not this way in other places. So I kind of want to speak to those moms who are listening, who are in a, in a spot. They've gone to the teacher, have gotten nowhere. They've gone to the supervisor, still feel like they're not being heard. What do you do next? What do you do now, after you haven't, if, if you're, if you're not um, feeling heard or there's, you feel like there, there, there is a right that is not being addressed. What do you do then? If they've gone to their school board through that process, they can always go through the due process route through their, through their state. They can file due process. Now, due process, um, explain, explain. Um, yeah. That's, that'll take through a mediation process where the state comes in and tries to mediate with them to get the services that they're either not getting or they feel like the child is, is not receiving the services in the IEP and they've addressed it with, like, through the supervisor of their department, through through their superintendent or director of schools, they've gone through that process and they still feel like that the school system is not providing their child their services. There are the due process papers they can file with their state department and they will come in and start a mediation process to see if they can settle it or, you know, and so the state will step in. It's just a matter of them filing their, they have an administrative complaint or they can go through a a due process Mm -hmm. with their school system. You know, and you hate that. that you can't work with your schools to get things settled. Um, but that is a, a step that they can take to try to get their school system to come uh, forward and do what mm-hmm. the IEP is saying. And Don, I know that you have, because of being an attorney, you have represented, you won't, I know you, you won't represent anybody in this county, obviously, but you've represented <laughs> other counties. So at what point would you need to bring in an attorney? Well, I think, um, Perhaps even before you get to the due process part, because I always tell families, the last thing we want to do is have to follow due process. I mean, it's just, it's exhausting and it's going, I mean, it will cost money and it's just, it's just exhausting. So we just want to try to avoid that if we can. So perhaps even one step in between, I've been to teacher, supervisor, director of schools, don't forget the director of schools, Maybe the school board, but you'll find that a lot of your school board members, if they don't have a special needs child, might not completely understand what you're, what you're talking about. Maybe at that point, before you go to due process, hire counsel to come in with you, or even an advocate to come with you and see if you can't come to some resolution. Because especially if it's early on, I mean, you know, Austin's 18 now, so we've had however many IEPs. So, you know, we... and yeah. we're, you're going to continue to have a relationship with this school system. So, you know, we need to try and find a way that we can resolve Mm -hmm. this if at all possible. And even prior going to the director of schools, I could try with an advocacy group um, coming in and we have them that'll bring advocates, even when there's not a problem, Mm -hmm. just because they want to be able to understand. And we have several that we work with here in the County that will come in and sit with a parent just to help them navigate Mm -hmm. the process and to, and they may have them a couple of times. And then after that, they don't come anymore. Um, just to help them understand the process and, and what they're doing and because they're really uncomfortable and not real sure about what, what they 
to expect an IP meeting. So they'll just reach out and um, an advocate will come with them. So, you know, they may try that prior to even going to the director of schools and saying, can you just come and kind of help me? And um, just some districts, even the mention of an advocate will kind of get the ball rolling. Mm -hmm. And Sherry, wouldn't you say, you've seen it time and time again, that a lot of things are just a matter of miscommunication? Well, sometimes it's, they've drawn a hard line in the sand. You know, you've had a teacher get upset because they felt like a parent was calling them incompetent and that they couldn't do their job. And so then it becomes a matter of neither side is talking Mm. because each have taken this stance and the child is no longer the center of the conversation. Mm. So it becomes not what's best about the child, but what each side wants. And neither one is no longer focusing on developing that program that is going to best serve the child, but who's winning. Mm. So when it comes about who's winning, then it's no longer about developing a program that is going to be best for the child. It's about I'm going to win and you're not. Mm. So we try for it not to get to that place because it's all about, you know, those those gives and takes and developing that program of, you know, you can't do dolphin therapy if you don't live out on the ocean. Um, so, you know, it's just sort of something Say that like again. that. Say so, that again. And have you been asked, have you been asked about dolphin that's therapy? Just, you know, that's just, um, but, you know, cause there'll be new things that come along. That's great. But that new thing may not be what is, is going to get that growth out of your child. It just may be a new thing that's come along. And so we have to sit and it doesn't mean we don't consider it, but it may not be what you're, we would use because we have something that we're using that we are getting that growth with. And just because that new shiny thing comes along doesn't mean that that's, that's what we need at the time. Right. Um, so it's just getting those conversations going and not drawing those hard lines of where you're going to give it to me or we're, we're just not going any further and I'll just, I'll just sue you to get it, you know? So it's, it's, and then you've got the other side going, well, okay, then you just, you know, so you don't want those stances and you always want to be open to those conversations. And that's what we try to do is say, okay, let's, 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 let's talk about it. But you know, it's both sides being willing to listen. You know, I, I remember a, a time that reminded me of a time I, I, Austin was in, uh, it was middle school. He was just going to middle school, maybe. I don't remember. But um, Tanya Wheeler, who is one of our consulting teachers, is fabulous beyond fabulous. Shout out to Tanya Wheeler. But she had an idea for what she thought would work for Austin. And I was not on board with it. But we had built a trust in one another so much that I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to go with you. And we gave it a little bit of time and it did not work. And she came to me and she said, I'm sorry, it didn't, that's not working. And I said, you know what? It's okay. I'm, I appreciate it. I'm glad we tried because I could have been wrong. I mean, I, I wasn't sure, but we came back and we fixed it and it went much better after that. So sometimes listening to other ideas, you know, they, it might, mm-hmm. it might work. Being willing to try. And be, well, I, I had a similar situation with Mildred Burchett back in the day. Oh, yeah, Mildred. we love Mildred. But John Alex was, it, he was, I was wanting him to be in regular ed. Now, my son, if anybody knows my son, um, at the time, at the, that was not the best for him. But in my mind, I kept hearing, oh, you need to have him in regular ed. He needs to be in, you know, all these things. So I was pushing and pushing and pushing for that. 
And sweet Mildred came to me in her kind, compassionate way. And she said, you know, sometimes it's better if we set up a program for John Alex in the CDC class where we can bring his friends to him and we can set up something that's going to work so much better for him than him going in with them and having to sit still and all that. And so I said, okay, we'll give it a try. And it was, of course, it was exactly what we needed. And I know, Sherry, you're laughing because how many parents have you had had the same thing? We, we want our kids. We keep, we feel like that's what's going to be best, but actually having them in a program that's set up for them, that's really better. So you see that, I see you smiling. So you must deal with that a lot. Well, and sometimes it's because someone else has said, that's oh, this is what you need to push yes. for. And even though in their, their heart of hearts, they know, oh, well, I, I really like the program that they have, but someone says this must be so much better. So this must be what I need to push for. And it's a matter of us saying, but, but it's working. What we're doing is, but they said this is so much better. So it's, it's feeling like sometimes that if I don't try it, then I'm not being a good parent because I'm not pushing for something that they're telling me I should be yeah. pushing for it's like the, if I ask for more, that makes it better when sometimes more is not better. Mm -hmm. You know, that I need to be throwing more at them when really, no, we need to be making sure the program is, is what is specific to them. Mm -hmm. What works for somebody else may not work for them. So, you know, it's not that we're just gonna need to throw everything at them. It's we need to tailor the program to their specific mm -hmm. needs and not worry about what works for one. So that's why we tell people don't compare what someone else has to what you have because your program is specific to your child. Yeah. So it's not about what somebody else's child is having. We need to make sure that the program is tailored specific mm -hmm. to your child. Mm -hmm. Well, we are coming to the end of our time, which I think we could spend another hour talking about this. But as we close out, what I would love is for you, if you each one of you could say one thing that you would recommend to a new mom. They're going into their meeting, new mom, new dad, going into their first meeting. What's the one thing that you would say to them as they start out on this journey um, that can help them be most successful and have a great experience, build a great experience for them and for their child and for the teacher in the school system? I have two. <laughs> you, you can have two. <laughs> so, and these are just things to remember, I think, is that IEPs have to happen annually, but if you develop an IEP, Austin's IEP is Friday, okay? And if we develop whatever our plan is on Friday and then, you know, get into the next school year and two months in, I'm thinking, this is not working. If I were to think that, that's okay, go back. You're not, just because you develop a plan today doesn't mean you're stuck with it for the whole year. If it's not working or if it works so well, we need new goals, we can come back and talk about that. You're not just, stuck with whatever we decided you know today and then i can assure well i can assure new moms as much as becky davidson assured me and i thought she was crazy is that when you when you're the the <laughs> crazy mama that i was when when austin was in elementary school and, and I, i'm i'm not as much anymore and that goes a lot to the trust that i've built with everyone absolutely mm -hmm. but i'm not i i'm um um less crazy than i used to be so it gets easier yeah. it gets easier it really does 
Yeah. And when Becky Davidson told yeah. me that, I mm -hmm. thought she was just crack crazy. Well, that's crazy. I've never heard. <laughs> but she was right. Becky, you were right, sister. Right. But see, I was that, I was that mama. I told my story. I mean, we all are there, I think, at some point, at some level. So, Lori, do you have anything that you would say to that mama or dad? Well, I think bouncing off, bouncing off what Sherry said a second ago, and even Dawn, um, the whole, like, going into it, and, and it depends on where you've gotten your information from or who you've listened to or, or you know, like, what other special needs moms you know, uh, to be careful that you don't go in there expecting well, you need to do this and you need to do this and this and this because that's what you've been told you should that you have a right to have that doesn't mean it's what your kid needs you know so and and so thinking about it's a trust thing yeah and i would encourage you know you go in there ready to listen and to take notes but with a heart willing to trust that this is what these guys do and they're not out to get you or keep things from your kid we're together, but don't go in there also thinking, well, we need, we need the dolphin therapy and we need this. And I'm going to demand all this stuff because, you know, Sarah Hooley over here has said, now you make sure that they, if you go in with that posture, I mean, I, you're setting yourself up for frustration and crazy. We need to trust and, and be calm and be willing to, and it's a dance. And so we've got to be willing to dance. There, there's my advice. Girls go in there willing to dance. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's really good, Lori. I think that's, yes. And it's, a, it's an individualized plan. So it's what Dawn is going to have in her plan, what you're going to have in your plan is, of course, it needs to be different than what I have for me. Sherry, what would you say? Well, just off that trust is just to have a little grace, grace mm. for yourself. Mm grace for for the teachers in the school system because we're not always going to get it right you know you're not always going to get it right we're not always going to get it right but we have to be willing to have a little grace and like dawn said to come back to the table and change when we need to change mm -hmm. and always it's it's an ever-changing plan because kids yeah. grow and change um so just to be able to give each other a little grace um and uh, and that trust and like she said be willing to dance whenever we need to dance yeah dance and um just to have grace yeah I, I could not agree more with all of that and and i would say to add to that you know i always whenever i dropped john alex off or picked him up i always told the people who were taking care of him thank you always i would say thank you so much for all you did for him because you know they're taking care of needs for him uh that not everybody would, would be willing to take care of you know what i'm saying they're doing things for him taking care of all of his physical needs and i wanted them to know that i saw them and i appreciated them and i was grateful for what they were doing for him and I, so i think starting off with that heart of being grateful when just like i want people to point out good things that my son is doing and the positive things he's doing. Well, I need to be telling those people that are working with him. Hey, I really appreciated it when you went that extra mile and did what, you know, did whatever. It's just important that we, that we as parents, we want that acknowledgement for our kids and we need to be willing to do that for those working with our children. And so to be, to, to have that place of gratitude when you do, see that in a teacher to call that out in them um, i think that will just help to set up that that 
framework of building that respect for each other, that trust, and that communication. So thank you ladies so much for giving up your time. This was a great conversation and I'm, I'm trusting that it's going to be a great help to the parents who listen to this and Sherry, we, we, again, we're just so grateful for you. I think if other supervisors could get to spend some time with you and see how you lead our system, we would have some phenomenal systems around this country. So thank you for all you do and the way you lead uh, our, our special ed department. We are very grateful. Well, thank you for all your support. Thank you, girls. Bye. There was so much great information in that episode, and I'm grateful for Dawn and Lori and Sherry sharing their insights and their thoughts on how to successfully navigate IEP meetings. And I shared with you at the beginning of this episode that at last year's By the Brook, Dawn and Lori cheered for a mom at an IEP meeting. So we would love to hear from you. What are some of the suggestions you have for something else you think special needs moms need to be cheered for? So go over to our story on Instagram and you will be able to share with us your ideas. And then we're going to randomly select one of the answers and that person will receive a coupon code for a ticket to buy the brook for themselves and a friend. Now, buy the brook is going to be June 25th and 26th and registration will open on May 1st. And we are going to be bringing you more information and some of the inside info about what you can expect at this year's buy the brook in next week's episode. So be sure to come back so you can learn more about that. So go over to our Instagram story and share with us what you would like to see special needs moms cheered for because there are so many things in the special needs life that moms need cheerleaders for. So what are your suggestions? Go over to our Instagram story and share with us your thoughts. Thank you for listening to the Rising Above Ministries podcast. If you like what you hear, please take a minute to leave us a rating and review. This helps others like you find our content more easily. You can learn more about how Rising Above Ministries is encouraging the special needs community by checking out our website at risingaboveministries.org or by finding us on Facebook and Instagram. We look forward to connecting with you.